0: Hello and welcome to I Assure You We're Podcasting, the show on Talk Film Society, where we take a look at the career of Kevin Smith. I'm Mike, and today I'm joined by my uh, Bayham bro, Diego. How's it going, Diego?
1: Oh, it's going good. You know, I still refer people to that podcast. I think it's one of the best things I've ever done. I, I, won't, I will not speak for you and Marcelo, but it, that's definitely... That was a highlight podcast. Uh, I, yeah, it was tons of fun. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you, you for having me.
0: You know, me. we still never did ambulance. That's I, right. We need, to, we need to do that.
1: I think we do need to do ambulance. We should we should hit up Marcelo. Yeah, we should hit up that group chat again. It's it's time. I think it's that's what this podcast right. is here to announce. I guess.
0: <laughs> yep, Marcelo doesn't know it yet, but no, Bayhem's coming back. So yes, as as it should have long ago. So yeah um but you know we're not talking about michael bay today we're talking about uh one of his contemporaries another um action filmmaker uh of the same era kevin smith and his action masterpiece cop out uh so uh yeah before we get into cop out diego what are your thoughts on kevin smith on the whole
1: I like the man much more than I like his films. Now, I'm I'm not gonna be one of those film Twitter people that's like, "Oh, Kevin Smith, death of cinema." Like, no, he, he's a nerdy dude who loves movies and loves hanging out with people while he's making movies, and that's he's he's a huge comic book nerd. Like, I I feel like we'd get along if I met him in person. I I have no ill will towards him. Now, his movies have never really done it for me. In high school, I really liked Clerks and Clerks 2 a lot. I still have a very big soft spot for Clerks. I think that's one of like, this might sound kind of nuts if people know me, but I think it is one of the great like independent works of cinema, at least American cinema, where it's just like, this guy just wanted to make a movie. So he's like, what do I have around me? What can I do to make that happen? You know, that's like, that's the spirit of filmmaking, you know, and that to me, regardless of my feelings about everything else he's ever made, is very inspiring and i find it genuinely beautiful to the point where the clerks 3 trailer
0: got me a little emotional yeah which was
1: not what i expected (laughs) at all
0: (laughs) yeah marcello was saying that he had pretty much the same reaction um so i i get it i get it i'm i'm definitely on board with with that so are you gonna go see clerks 3 when it comes out next month i think i have to
1: (laughs) yeah i think you do too i have to support them
0: yeah, all right. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Um, so uh, then, a, as as you know, a big Kevin Smith fan, uh, did you go to see Cop Out like on opening day, or did you wait until the Saturday after? Uh, I saw it
1: on HBO.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. That's on HBO.
1: Like uh, uh, two years after it it was released in theaters. Okay, yeah, it was a lazy. I remember the day it was like like foggy and cloudy. It was a cold winter day. Nothing was really happening. I was probably in like a, a rut or something like that. And then I saw the movie and just remember being like, if I if I can give my, my take from back then, I was like, this sucks. <laughs> and then like, I just didn't think about it until later when I was getting even more into movies and was like, oh yeah, let me see about these Kevin Smith movies again. Uh, okay. didn't, didn't really hold up then either, but now it's been over a decade since I've seen it or frankly, thought about it until you asked me to come back here.
0: All right. Well, I wanted you to come back here because, I mean, I was like, you know, when I was putting this together and thinking about, like, people to have on and everything, I mean, obviously, you know, your name popped into my head from the beginning. But while I don't think we've ever talked about Kevin Smith ever, I really kind of got the impression that you weren't the biggest fan in the world (laughs) and I didn't really know what you would want to watch or whatever. And then I had like one slot open and I was like, I want to get Diego on here. And then I was like, Oh, it's cop out. It's the action movie. It's Diego. He's the action guy. Of course I need to get Diego on to talk about cop out. Uh, but before we talk about Cop Out, you know, and our our thoughts on it today, uh, let's get into a little bit of the backstory of it. He had just made Zach and Miriam make a porno, which everyone, including him, or maybe just him and not everyone, I don't know, I thought was going to be like his huge breakthrough thing. Like, this is where he makes, you know, a blockbuster, right? Kevin Smith makes a blockbuster. And, um, and that wasn't the case. It. It, it, it did very. It, it it underperformed quite a bit. It was still his most successful movie to date, but it underperformed a lot. And we got into all the reasons why in the last episode. But the end result was that he, uh, I think, had to uh, to rethink his his career and his life or whatever maybe he didn't have to but he did and you know he started smoking a lot more pot as he uh was very open about and everything and the movie which he had been trying and trying and trying to make was red state and just nobody would give him the money you know even though he only needed like six million bucks or something like that so in that in that time period, those years where he was trying to get red state off the ground, he was offered a chance to direct a script that he had not written, which was a first. And, uh, he decided for the first time ever to accept that offer and direct cop out, uh, which of course stars Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan and it's very much a throwback to uh, 80s cop movies. Uh, and the reason why he did it, he said, was because uh, he thought that it reminded him of the movies that his dad would take him to see when he was a kid. So uh, so that's why he made Cop Out, which originally wasn't called Cop Out. It was called A Couple of Dicks. <laughs> but they realized that they couldn't air ads on tv with the name a couple of dicks so they were going to change it to a couple of cops apparently although here's an interesting thing like i, I was i was working as a projectionist at the time and you know we would get like every week we get like a just a like a hard drive full of trailers right just like everything which is going to be which you could possibly play and you know you go down the list and you're like oh my god there's a trailer for ambulance and you put that on right away because you know you got to see that trailer for ambulance and you know there was a trailer for you know cop out and I, I put it on and i'm like oh my god it's the new kevin smith movie cop out but there was also a trailer for something called dic And I'm like, what's that? I've never heard of that movie before. So I put it on, and it was the cop-out trailer. Only at the end of the trailer, it didn't say cop-out. It said D.I.C., Detectives in Charge. So, like, literally up until the very last minute, like, they shipped out trailers for this movie with the name (laughs) D.I.C., Detectives in Charge. But I think they realized that that was a dumb title, And, you know, they changed it to cop-out because the title was literally a cop-out. So that was cop-out. Movie came out, and even though it was very much dismissed by everybody, it still made like $45 million. It was by far his most commercially successful movie ever, I think, still to this day. And it was weird because, like, working at the theater, like, watching the people who would come in and see it, it was not your typical Kevin Smith audience. It was more the type of people who would come to see a Bruce Willis and or Tracy Morgan movie. And I I found that to be really interesting. But back to our our thoughts on the movie. So you saw it on HBO and you were not a big fan. No, I was not. (laughs) Okay. I, of course, watched it as soon as humanly possible you know we were showing it at the theater that i was working at so the night before i screened it for me my wife and my friend max and all of us enjoyed it you know i think we all thought it was fun um not one of smith's uh you know greater works or anything like that certainly a weird oddity but still worth the time that was my initial thought so okay, it's been ten years. You said over ten years, easy, yeah. Over ten years, it's been. I looked on Letterbox. It's been eight years for me, so quite a bit of time still too. But what did you think revisiting it now, ten years later, over ten years later?
1: I didn't hate it. I I wouldn't really recommend it. Frankly, I I'm not sure who it's for and when i whenever i watch the kevin smith movie now i always have that same feeling I, again it's not anger it's not hateful it's definitely not spiteful i have nothing but respect for the man um i just there was like 15 minutes in and like we haven't really established character conflict yet in like a way that i was kind of hoping he would like cuz these movies the, the the buddy cop like subgenre, you know, they're kind of, you got to be a little faster, you know, or your lethal weapon. You take your time and you're the greatest action writer in Hollywood history, Shane Black. So you can't afford that time. And it's either the script, Kevin Smith's direction or his troubles on set with one of the actors, I guess we'll say. I know that's the big thing people talk about with this movie more than anything. Um, But I really did not like have any outwardly negative feelings about it. I just didn't think it was very good. Um, you know, not to get super into it, but we all are aware of the, the tragedy going on with Bruce Willis's life right now. And just, it totally reminded me why I love his screen presence. Again, even if I wasn't fully engaged with the story and I love Tracy Morgan, I always like end up calling Tracy Jordan at one point. So if that happens today, (laughs) uh, that's, it's because I love 30 rock and that's where I fell in love with him as an actor. Um, I, I, I think they're both terrific. Just stars. I think they're they're both terrific movie stars, uh, and then some fun faces pop up, and and then it's over. And I kind of uh, I was just like, all right, I'm excited to talk to Mike. <laughs> That's this. I'm sorry. It's there's stuff to talk about in it, but I don't. I would not call it Kevin Smith's <laughs> action masterpiece. I
0: guess. <laughs> no, I wouldn't okay. either. Except, uh <laughs> Except when I'm trying to convince you to talk about yeah. it. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely not a masterpiece. I mean, watching it now, um, I did s- still enjoy it. Uh, I-, I would say probably about equally to to how much I enjoyed it um, when I first saw it and everything. And um, it's one of those movies where I feel like there's a better movie there. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, especially, you know, with hearing about you know the troubles that were on set and everything like that i mean there was uh, i mean it's just kind of insane like some of the stuff that was going on where like bruce willis was just kind of like i don't want to act i don't want to say any dialogue in this scene and it's like okay well then you know tracy morgan has to say i almost said jordan because yeah it
1: happens it happens once you start (laughs) it's impossible to stop (laughs)
0: Right, right. He's like, I have to say both lines of dialogue, you know, both sides of the dialogue or whatever, you know, like just stuff like that. And it it does feel compromised, you know. Mm -hmm. um, But like looking at, I mean, the finished product, like it still holds together. I mean, it's not next level or anything like that, but it holds together. And I mean, like, I wonder, like, if you compare this script to the script for Bad Boys, let's say mm-hmm. like is this if you, if Michael Bay is directing this movie is it as good as Bad Boys?
1: If Michael Bay's directing, <laughs> uh, maybe and I know the easy criticism is though well there'd be more explosions there would be, you know, but like I I think he would inject some energy that Smith doesn't really have as a filmmaker. Um and I think the moments where I do think Smith has energy is with the riffing, and even those are kind of compromised just because of Bruce Willis's demeanor in in the making of the film. I will say the best bits are when like the riffing goes on so long, I get a little annoyed and then it goes back around to being like likable. You know, it's like when <laughs> yeah. a little kids like pay attention to me, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. It's like, oh, shut up, dude. You know, shut up. And then it's like, pay attention to me. Look what I can do. Look what I can do. And it's like, all right, fine. What is it? And it's like, you finally look over and they do something really cute. And you're like, yeah, all right. That was was pretty cute. That was pretty cute. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, And that first scene is really kind of the, the, I don't know, I guess the highlight or whatever, the interrogation scene. But it does feel like, Probably because it, it, I'm guessing it probably was like th- it was shot on like two separate days, if not two separate like months or years or whatever. <laughs> there were reshoots that were done, you know, and and you know Smith has said that like in the reshoots, like you know, uh, everything worked really well, you know, like like you know, it it just everyone got along and everything like that, and and that's when like a lot of that that good comedic stuff happened but yeah it's it's like it it's like it wants to be he's comfortable with that stuff but when it gets to like the the action side of things that's when it sort of falls apart i mean that being said like i i think like as far as the photography is concerned like this may be his best looking movie to date I don't know. I, th- I think um, it's
1: like it you feel the scale of it in a way, his other stuff doesn't. Like moment to moment I definitely have like like weird criticisms, I guess. Just like it opens up and it's like, you know, the the New York City skyline, and it, you know, pans over to Brooklyn and it's like, okay, this is like very New York photography. Like I this isn't bad or good, it just is. And then it it mm-hmm. it jumps into the Beastie Boys, which, you know, great, yeah. great, great, great. But um, I, is that just there to, like, inject energy because there was none, like, in the footage they got? They didn't know how to, like, put it together in an exciting way? Because then you're just in the interrogation, you know? So, for me, it, it's yeah. like, wouldn't it have been a little more fun to just kind of hop in and pretend you're starting, like, a serious investigative film? And then it turns mm-hmm. into the riffing jokes? I think that would have been a little, like, that would have given it some more energy uh, that the film could have could have used. Um but again, none of the stuff I hated. I was just like, "Why isn't this working?" And I was trying to figure that out as I was going along watching it.
0: It's it's clunky, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's like it's like the transitions from one to the other don't really work, you know. Uh, the, uh, but but i mean it does in a lot of ways feel like a real movie yeah, yeah yeah not necessarily like a good movie but like something where like i mean with with most of kevin smith's stuff it's like you feel like you're part of the club when you're watching it you feel like you know there is this is a type of movie like this is not a a real movie it's a kevin smith movie and you know you get it because you're watching it and you're a kevin smith fan but if you were to show it to just a regular person on the street they'd be like what the fuck is this you know can i i know we're not here to talk about this movie but i need to reference something when i saw
1: tusk opening weekend with a group of friends that were huge kevin smith fans uh-huh. Uh, no one, I, you haven't talked about Tusk yet, right? So like, okay. Not yet. So Not yet. you don't have to give any piece on this, but I remember like, I, I didn't know of Kevin Smith that well. Everyone else was like incredibly online, uh, in my friend group at that point. And I was just like, Oh, Clerks, yeah, I like Clerks, yeah, yeah, yeah. We go to Tusk opening weekend. Everyone loves it. But there's a moment, well, except for me, I, I was just like, not. I bounced off it like almost immediately. There's one camera move in there that's like Hitchcockian. I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? And then like, it goes back to being a Kevin Smith movie. And then there's one point in the movie where the entire audience, we all of us, I'm not even joking, even people we didn't know, it was like 15 people in the theater. We all just kind of like look around at each other. Like, what's, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> and, um, it was, it was shocking. After that, I was kind of like, maybe I maybe I don't need to watch his stuff. Maybe I, I don't need this in my life, you know. And then, but everyone else in my friend group who liked him already and his work, like, really went to bat for it. And they're like, oh, because it's, like, he's talked about this premise on the podcast or whatever. So you're totally right. Everyone is part of, like, a club in it. And if you're not part of that club... It's not that you're not too cool for it or, or they're too cool for you or whatever, but, like, it's it's definitely, like, a bubble it's in right now, right? And, mm-hmm. like, that's great if you're in the bubble. And if you're not in the bubble, you know, buckle up because you might not
0: <laughs> get into it like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. And, you know, I, I'm <laughs> – I, I don't I know. Like <laughs> – with this movie like i feel like you don't need to be in the bubble but i also feel like uh you you're still not really getting a lot out of it but if you're in the bubble you're not really getting a lot out of it either if that means anything <laughs> yeah, a little right? bit yeah <laughs> because it doesn't have like the kevin smith thing right mm-hmm. it's just like a regular movie i mean it it does have i'd, I'd say a bit more of his his stamp than Uh, you know like his television work does like the stuff that he's done for like Flash and and Supergirl or whatever Uh, but you know I mean that's to be expected it's just um, I don't know I'd be very curious to see like what he added to the script because I'm sure that he did you know I mean whether it's even just jokes or whatever Mm -hmm. that he did something with the script right it just makes sense but um, I wonder what that is And, you know, I I don't know. I, I, I also wonder if his reputation still is sort of like tainting my view of the movie in terms of like you know, thinking like, well, Kevin Smith, like, like part of it was just like, Kevin Smith is making a big budget Bruce Willis movie. Like, how does that work? He's not, you know, quote unquote, a good filmmaker. He's not a good director. How can he do that? You know, he can only make little small movies with his friends. But, you know, I think about like all of those movies that came out at that time frame, which were similar to this, Mm -hmm. you know, and... It's not any worse than any of those from like a directorial standpoint or anything like that. I mean, you know, like the type of movies that I'm talking about, the
1: the one that hopped into my mind and I saw it opening weekend with a friend because we were huge New Girl fans. I still am uh, was Let's Be Cops that came out like five years after this after cop out. But that's like a bad movie. I think that's worse than this movie. You know, but this one has a reputation for being like a legendary bomb, and it's like you know, it's it's not. It's, I've seen worse movies that came out this year. You know, like it, oh, yeah, it happens, it sure. happens. And even if it was that bad, like I don't know, it's like it, it it happens. You know, Kevin Kevin Smith's love him or hate him or his work, but like it, this this my this isn't even the, like my least favorite Kevin Smith movie by like a, a lot a lot. I think Tusk is my least favorite by
0: like a, a mile. But Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I I would say at the time, this was probably my least favorite Kevin Smith movie, but I did still enjoy it. Um, he's since made uh, at least one movie, which I, I like a, a, a lot less. I think only one movie, which I like a lot less. Uh, but I mean, I don't think that this movie is bad. I just think it's less significant than than a lot of his other stuff yeah. um but it does still have like a lot of the like I, I mean i i do like how he he does have people like you know bruce willis and who are like huge stars and and other people who he had never worked with before um who you know you'd expect to see in a thing like this like um Oh, God, what's his name? The guy from The Usual Suspects.
1: Uh, Oh, no, 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 I am too. Hang on. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh,
0: But, you know, like, like he's in it and stuff like that. But then you've also got, like, Tracy Morgan, who, like, is a huge star, but also worked with Kevin Smith on Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, you know, briefly. And it's cool that he's uh, Kevin Pollack. That's the one I I just got, Kevin Pollack. He's also
1: on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel as her... Mm-hmm. Former father in law? Uh that's not a spoiler, that's the pilot episode of the show. Um he's terrific. I really fell in love with that guy watching that show. And uh but he's great and everything, and seeing him here again that was like a really nice surprise. I like I didn't remember he was in it. It's been so long, you know? Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't know who yeah. he was then basically. Um but yeah, like actors like that pop up in this and they're like good. <laughs> you know, like you can tell mm-hmm. it's like just Enough went wrong with this movie that it couldn 't come together in any way,
0: yeah yeah and and you've got people like you know you know tracy morgan and and Sean William Scott who are like you 'd expect to see in this movie and are good actors, but have worked with Kevin Smith, but then you 've got people like you know Rashida Jones and and Adam Brody, where it's like, how did, how has Adam Brody not worked with Kevin Smith prior to this? Yeah. Right. It just makes sense for the, for them to work together. And, and I, I mean, I, I love that. And the fact that, you know, some of those people like Kevin Pollack, he's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to put Kevin Pollock in this movie. But after working with him, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll stick him in red state, <laughs> you know? And he's really cool in red state for the, well, I won't no. spoil it. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, you know, I I don't know. I just, I just love that. that sort of like fusion and and it it, it is kind of like seamless. There's like no moment where it's like, oh, look, there's Jay and Silent Bob. You know, I mean, it just, it just works the way that, that, that it's uh, set up. It is kind of, he, he's well suited to the material when it comes to the comedy stuff. He's just, I think a little outside of his comfort zone with the action stuff, but it's not like he's a train wreck when it comes to that stuff. He's just not tremendously good I'm, at it.
1: I'm I'm trying not to name specific people anymore, but I'm going to do it for this one cuz everyone who's ever seen one of the Taken sequels is going to know exactly what I'm talking about. He, Kevin Smith isn't a great action director. Um he's not Olivier Megaton. You know, there's no 20 cuts jumping over a fence. Uh, that happens in five seconds, and your brain can't even really register what you just saw. It's not that; it's just like uh, it feels like he just gave it to second unit or something like that. I didn't have like a plan of how to like stage a car chase and stuff like that. Because like, there's a pretty cool like finish to that car chase scene in the graveyard. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I could spoil it because I don't know if anyone cares about cop out anymore. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the the car crashes into it and an open grave and it's like, why is it that big? I oh, who cares? whatever movie. It doesn't matter. And then the body <laughs> flies out and hits the, the headstone. It's like, that's like a fun action beat. That must've been really fun to come up with, but it's just like, it's just very perfunctory. You know, it's like, it's mm-hmm. cotton coverage. And that's always a, a little bit of a bummer for me when it comes to like action filmmaking. Like there's plenty of like movies with bad scripts that are directed. Like, like, nobody's business you know to bring up our our boy michael bay he's got a a handful of those it's like is this what 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 is this working on the page i don't know but did you see how fucking (laughs) cool that drone shot was um but like you know and, and kevin smith uh god bless him doesn't have that in him he's not that type of filmmaker but i do admire that he like he went out of his comfort zone for this movie and several others whether or not i think they work um i do actually have kind of a an admiration for something like red state and i'm only bringing this up because this this is the one i'm on and I, i'm not on those but like i i do think you know i i admire someone trying to like try something different not just stick to the same old tricks i guess
0: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, And, you know, like, talking about how he doesn't have that sort of, like, modern action style with all the cuts and everything like that, um, that's definitely true. And I'm wondering if there's, like, two reasons for it, one being that, you know, this is a throwback to 80s action movies and, you know, the idea that... uh, That was kind of more of the style back then. But also the fact that he edited the movie himself, which he does for all of his movies. Um, But that's, like, almost unheard of in the world of, like, action filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And uh, especially for someone who's never edited an action movie before. But it's really... I don't know. Weird but also makes it like genuine. Yeah. Like what do you what do you, what do you think about that? <laughs> I love that. I didn't know
1: that. Yeah. I Yeah, I had no idea. Um but that I love the 90s era of cinema not just cuz of action stuff but you know like we get the birth of like Richard Linklater, um Robert Rodriguez who's like kind of the independent American guy for that run uh, along with Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And Tarantino's a great writer and director, mm-hmm. Rodriguez has his ups and downs, but I'll always go to bat for him no matter what. Um, he's also a terrific editor. He is—he is a great movie editor, like top to bottom. Whether or not the the whole movies work is always another story. I think most of the time his stuff does work, and he's one of my favorite directors. Period. Um, but like, he knows how to cut a film—not just for budget or time, but just like pacing character rhythm like emotion and it's it's so cool that these guys all kind of came up together in that era so to hear that he would smith was still doing that for his second attempt at a big break which you know didn't really pan out for him in, in the way he had hoped i bet either um it's cool to see that he kept that spirit you know that's why i like him as like a guy he's got that that infectious like love of the this craft and like this this uh medium that makes it like it makes it all worth it, you know. I don't, I don't care if I don't like your movies. If you're, if you're not a, a piece of garbage, I guess so. That's that's really cool to hear. I did not know that. I really like that. that. That makes me want to like this more. I I, I can't recommend it, but you know, I'd, I'd listen to him talk about it.
0: <laughs> I'm sure that there's a podcast out there or two where he does. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think actually there is one of his his books where he he. Uh, talks about the making of this movie extensively and and um, th- there's an audio version where he kind of like you know improvises off of the page you know f- for a good portion of it which is entertaining but um yeah you know i mean i, I just cuz i'm a nerd um when when i went to see jersey girl and it was like an advanced screening that he was doing a q and a for this was at that point in time he was gearing up to do a green hornet movie which never happened. Um, But the the question that I thought was necessary to ask him at this, you know, particular moment in time was, you know, are you going to edit it yourself? Because he had edited all of his other movies, except for Mallrats, which they wouldn't let him, um, you know, himself. And he was like, yeah, I don't think so. Just because a movie of that size is, you know, there's so many moving parts that you don't really have the time to do that because you're busy doing other stuff. So you need to bring in someone else to to do that work, just because um, it, you know you're not able to. You know, and you know, I I, I guess Green Hornet is of a completely other scale um, compared to Cop Out, but um, I wonder. Well, I, I just wonder. Like if there was ever any talk of him, you know, handing over the reins to someone else, I'm glad that he didn't either. I mean, it, it it's it's I think better for that, even if the editing. I mean, generally speaking, I think he is a, a good editor. He's certainly gotten better too as he's as he's continued. But um, this is a different type of filmmaking for sure. But. Yeah. You're right about Rodriguez. I mean, I think Rodriguez, generally speaking, I think directors are kind of bad at editing their own movies, but I mm-hmm. think Rodriguez and Soderbergh are the two very best at that. So, yeah, Rodriguez is great. Um. Okay, so, uh, I mean, the other thing which which I think is kind of noteworthy here is that... This is the first time that Scott Mosher did not produce a Kevin Smith movie. His, his last one was Zack and Mary. He hasn't done one since. It's not like they had a falling out or anything like that. They still, you know, did their podcast together and all that good stuff. It was just that Mosier went off and, you know, decided to have his own career and made the Grinch which is insane but um <laughs> you you you're, you've lost the Kevin Smith script you've lost the Scott Mosher production but the one thing which is sort of like kept behind the scenes is David Klein shot it the same guy who shot Clerks shot Cop Out and I, I think that that's fascinating especially when you look at it compared to the other movies that Klein shot and I mean you can see him getting progressively better and as we keep on bringing up he's now you know working with Robert Rodriguez shooting the freaking Mandalorian and Book of Bova Fett and all that stuff but like it doesn't like it, if someone were to just like show this movie to me and say like okay you know what what do you think you know behind the scenes was going on? I'd be like, well, definitely they brought in some sort of A list cinematographer to shoot this. Not that it's like a gorgeous looking movie, but it looks like a mid budget studio movie. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but I I think that that's cool that he did have his his you know long time collaborator there to to shoot it. Um, that's, that's, that's pretty cool.
1: No, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think a lot of people forget, like, as they get bigger and, uh, you know, Kevin Smith, not, I don't mean this like, uh, to knock him down. I just mean, I think he, he's kind of got a ceiling over his accessibility, his, uh, his public image, you know, like the, the internet and social media is so prevalent that of course he's got like a community around him still. It's good for him, you know, and power to him, but like, He's not, he's never been able to like fully shed the image he started with. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. I I think for his career, that's probably why maybe there's a little bit of a cap there. But it's always nice to know that you're look, these people look out for the people they came up with too. You know, like Ryan Johnson's working with the same cinematographer, Steve Yedlin, who he worked with on Brick. His producer is the same guy he worked with on Brick. They produce and they uh, they work together and everything together even their star wars movie yeah and now they're still doing it they're doing their own stuff and it's like i don't know isn't that kind of like the dream for like a a group of creatives to just kind of like go around making a bunch of stuff together i'm like
0: i I think that rocks you know i mean it's kind of like a band you know i mean when you think about it and and that's cool you know i mean why why wouldn't you you know, try to work with the people who uh who you came up with. I mean, just as you learn, they learn and everything and everybody gets better as, as things progress and yeah. It's cool. So
1: Yeah, you know, and like some people will try to like like uh mix up cinematographers and stuff like that. And there's that's total there's that's a totally valid approach too, you know. Sometimes you wanna it's not even a falling out like you had mentioned with Smith and his uh former producer, but like sometimes you just wanna try different stuff. It's yeah. not bad. It's just sometimes different. That's totally okay, too. Yeah. Uh, did Klein also shoot Tusk? No. Someone else. That was no. That was Laxton,
0: right? That was Laxton, which, I mean, this is like everybody talks about his movies <laughs> looking like shit and everything like that. Look at the cinematographers that Kevin Smith has worked with in his career. Okay, David Klein, Emmy-nominated uh, cinematographer of Homeland, The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett. Then, um, uh, well, Dogma was Robert Yeoman, who's Wes Anderson's cinematographer. Mm -hmm. Then you've got, uh, I think, Jamie Anderson is the guy who shot... uh, um, Jay and Silent Bob strike back. He has worked with Sam Raimi, amongst other people. Then Vilmos Zygmunt, you know, Academy Award winning cinematographer of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, shoots Jersey Girl. Then he gets Dave Klein back.
1: I didn't know that. That's, <laughs> See, wow. I need to
0: watch Jersey Girl again. Yeah. I, maybe I do. That was a TBS viewing, I believe. Uh, so, you, so you didn't get the widescreen the anamorphic widescreen okay No no I did not get those gorgeous uh stereoscope uh, uh, yeah. views Yeah um so then he gets Dave Klein back and then um Dave Klein gets you know work in like you know HBO land or whatever it is so then he brings on a, a guy who as far as I know he met him on that uh what was that movie called like for a good time call is that what it was? Um, where, he, like, Kevin Smith know. has a cameo in it, and I'm pretty sure that was shot by by James Laxton, who <sighs> then shot Tusk and, um, I think, Yoga Hosers. And, mm-hmm. and then after that, he decided to go off and shoot Moonlight. And it's like, look at the cinematographers that Kevin Smith has worked with. Like... None of them are, like, you know, just like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, they're all, like, Oscar nominees and shit, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, I just
1: got a extra shout-out to James Laxton because he also shot Barry Jenkins' follow-ups, If Beale Street Could Talk, which just got dumped, basically, by Anna Annapurna. Unfortunately, it's terrific. Everyone watch it if you haven't. I cry at the very first cutaway. Um, and then The Underground Railroad. Which you can watch on Amazon, which is a, also a Barry Jenkins directed production, uh, which is just unbelievable. That also kind of got dumped. That should that's despicable. Everyone watch <laughs> that right now. Cop out, maybe can wait. <laughs> Go watch that. Go watch Underground Railroad. Um, yeah, I, I guess some of the the like reverse criticism would be like it's Smith's fault as a director that we think their work looks less good here. And like I I can kind of understand that complaint. I don't think his movies look that bad. I I th- I th- I think they they look like, you know, fine films. Uh this one the best, not outstanding, but like the best looking of his stuff. Uh again, except for that one moment in Tusk where he's walking up the stairs. I don't know why <laughs> that like image stuck in my head. I don't like any of that movie, but that one little the fucking the jib <laughs> whatever. Um and then i I think it's it's clearly like an intentional decision on his part. He doesn't want to like bog it down with like too much of a dramatic lighting conventions i guess you know i th- I think yoga hosers doesn't
0: look very good i mean he said um, in like Tusk, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we got to get it all moody, shoot it in shadows and stuff like that. And he's like, fuck that. Light that thing so that we can see every single little detail on that walrus. (laughs) But, uh, you know, he sure did that. (laughs) But again, I think he was going for comedic effect and, you know, whatever. I mean, it, it is it is a different thing. But yeah, I mean, like. I mean, you look at Zack and Mary. That movie looks great. That I mean, how how do you want it to look? You know, <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I I don't know. It, it, it is. I think partially it is his direction, right? But I I do think that his it's also this sort of like stigma of like you know Kevin Smith movies look bad. It's like do they though, or is that just what people are expecting? You know, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. I don't know, but. I
1: don't know. Uh, I guess I'll say, I I don't think Clerks 3 looks, like, terrific from the trailer. I did just admit to, like, almost crying watching the trailer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, like, I don't think it looks great, like, visually. Um, I like the black and white back, though. It's... Yeah. I know some people have weird opinions about, like, oh, digital black and white or whatever. But, I don't know. It's it's. Shut up. <laughs> it's still black and white.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so cool. he, and he, he's talked about that. He's like, oh yeah, i make it black and white. And they're like, do you want it? It's like, he said that he had some conversation with the cinematographer where he's like, we can get this like $8,000, like after effects filter to make it look just like, you know, 16 millimeter black and white. And he's like, yeah, but that's not how it would look. And also how how can you justify spending like $8,000 to make something look shitty when I would have never done that if I <laughs> I didn't have to back in, you know, 1994, but whatever. We'll see. We'll see how it yeah, turns out. Yeah, that,
1: that's the, that's a whole conversation. Just mm-hmm. use, use the tools you got available to you. If uh, you want to try an aesthetic thing for like a, a story reason, I'm also all for that. I, I love the dirty down eight millimeter, 16 millimeter look. Yeah, um, I don't want to watch everything on that, but you know, yeah, like I, I, that's that's why I love like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It looks like, you know, it looks like horrifying garbage. It looks like you found a snuff film. Mm-hmm. That's why that movie works. Yeah. I don't want to watch Cop Out in eight <laughs> millimeter. You know,
0: <laughs> it could be interesting though if you decided to
1: go that route.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind um, seeing that.
1: The but... the teddy bear sequence would feel a lot meaner. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That's, that's one thing I, I like about this movie too. Every time I think it's going to get really mean, it kind of like doesn't
0: uh-huh.
1: where it's like, Oh, he's having an affair. And it's like, so maybe there's, there's more credit I have to give to Kevin Smith for buying into the idea that that woman would have an affair on Tracy Morgan. And She was like, fuck no. Like, what are you talking about? Trust me, idiot. And I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I like that. It's his own shortcomings. He can't like see past. Yeah. Okay. That was, that was kind of sweet in a weird roundabout way i guess
0: <laughs> kind of a running theme through uh kevin smith's work when you think about it but um yeah, yeah 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 all right well any uh final thoughts on cop out
1: oh okay the big negative i have to bring it up as a mexican man uh the the latino gang members um you know if i'm not like i'm not saying i don't enjoy problematic stuff too here I just I if again, this is like if it was Michael Bay and it was doing it, I'd be like, Yeah, it's like gross, but like did you see how awesome it was and that dude's face exploded? And here there's none of that. So I just they're just kind of like boring, uh generic intimidating um thugs and it's like you know, some movies still do that. Yeah. <laughs> um uh I'd overlook it if the rest of the movie was like a banger, but it's it it's not um. So it's a big, it's a big like weight on every positive I try to give this movie. Um, it's it's the biggest detriment to me. I can I can live with all the stuff that doesn't work. That's just like ah,
0: yeah, It sucks. Yeah, you know, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I, 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 on the whole, I I do enjoy this movie. I do think it has a lot of problems. I do think it has a lot of potential that is sort of like unrealized. Um, mm-hmm. But in, at the end, I think what exists is a fine little weird anomaly in the career of Kevin Smith, uh, but not something which is maybe necessary viewing in a lot of ways. Yeah.
1: Oh, let me ask you this then. Okay. So there's this whole running theory about if they were making movies, Maybe we should just remake movies that didn't work or outright bad movies with interesting premises. Yeah. Would you want to see a remake to cop out in like five to 10 years?
0: Um, I'm not sure if that would be at the top of my list. Um, I, I mean, I, but also like, I, like, I'm not really interested in a cop out that works. I'm interested in like a Kevin Smith's cop out that works you know what gotcha. i mean mm-hmm. I, I mean uh, that's yeah but I, I mean i think you have that elsewhere in his career in places where it actually could be done like jersey girl for example where there is like this director's cut sitting around you know just waiting to be seen like give us that you know <laughs> or like the really weird one which we we talked about um mall rats where that was the one movie that he didn't edit himself And he somehow convinced the studio to like re-digitize all of the footage so that he could go in and do a completely new cut, which was entirely edited by him from scratch. And, you know, he stopped like 10 minutes in because he's like, this is boring and it's going to be the same movie. (laughs) But, you know, like I I was I would kill for him to have finished that. Right. Mm -hmm. But. Like, do I want to see Michael Bay do his version of Cop Out? Not really, because I, I don't really see. I mean, I haven't read the script, but I can't see that as being like some sort of next level thing which has been like completely botched, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I, When that has happened, like, does it work? I mean, like, Magnificent Ambersons? I don't know. Do you ever see the remake of Magnificent Ambersons? (laughs) No, no, I have not. I haven't either, but I hear it's not tremendously good. Oh, no. Even though it's using that intact script that everyone says would make Magnificent Ambersons a masterpiece, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if
1: that, because I like that suggestion in theory about remaking an old movie that doesn't really work no one's like done it yet i guess at least off the top of my head you oh, know because it's Sink. like
0: gus van S- oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's even as a joke on on the internet that's a pretty bold joke
0: <laughs> i just would like to say shameless plug that uh we are going to be showing uh gus van sant's psycho at classic cinemas elk grove in uh, november hosted by f this movie's patrick bromley come out and see it it's going to be amazing just like gus van Sant's psycho but anyway continue please i'm sorry
1: <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to have a
0: conversation about that another time
1: i am I'm, I'm not even like upset i'm curious i'm just curious about it uh shout out to anne Hayes, r.a.p queen yeah um yeah, yeah that's uh I, people aren't even willing to talk about that movie without getting upset. I'm always just interested in, like, perspectives on it. No one wants to talk about it. Um, we should talk about that movie more, especially now in, in light of uh, uh, Miss Hayes' passing, unfortunately, because yeah. she's very good in it. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I guess the only things are, like, that are remade, and I know this has, like, nothing to do with cop-out anymore, but it's, like, we always say we don't want, like, the masterpieces remade, and it's like, well, then John Carpenter remade a very good... 50s monster movie and then made it like a masterpiece and then the fly is a very good science fiction film the great science fiction film and then it becomes a very great david Cronenberg film and it's like i don't want to admit it but i'm like oh that does kind of punch a hole in my theory doesn't it
0: i i have absolutely no problem with it you know i'm very much of the uh the Raymond Chandler thing where, you know, people are like, they're going to ruin your book with this movie. And he's like, no, no, they're not. My book's sitting there on the shelf. It's perfectly fine. You know? <laughs> I mean, what's the worst that could happen? It sucks, right? Yeah. But I, I, I do like your idea of like remaking bad movies that had the potential to be good. And I mean, I guess I, I can't think of a movie which does that. Well, I could say some stuff and it would just make people mad, but uh, I mean, no, no, now, now you got to say. I'll I'll say one that I saw recently. Okay, and, and, but you got to say one. But it's also uh, like because it's based on like a book or whatever. Maybe that doesn't count. Yeah, but no, no, I, I think it counts. It's okay, fine. okay. Um, Solaris. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. What about what about you? What's
1: yours? Yeah, I, I like both versions of that. Okay. Of. Uh, I saw Bullet Train last week, and I get why people like it. I'm not a fan. It's like an hour too long, but the very premise is very fun. Uh, maybe dial back the whitewashing a little bit, and then, um, but let get like a next generation of movie stars have them do what these movie stars did because that was the best stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you could do it like an Ocean's Eleven, but for action movies once in a while, just. Get a bunch of the the best, most badass people in the world. Throw them on a train for ninety to a hundred minutes. Let them do their thing. I think that's that's a super fun idea. I would I would definitely pay to see that. You know.
0: Okay. Yeah. And and I'm not. I mean, if someone was like, "We're remaking Cop Out," I mean, yeah, of course I would go to see it because I'd be like, "What's that going to be?" You know. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I don't think that like if I'm greenlighting things, that's not going to be at the top of my list. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're like, let's reboot Avatar the Last Airbender again. Yeah. In live action. I'm yeah. sure that's gonna end well for everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. What could go wrong? Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Well, um, any final thoughts on, on Cop Out or uh Uh
1: Kevin Smith I, I don't love your work. Keep up the good guy stuff in real life. I hear he's, a, he's a real treat of a human being. Cut back on the NFTs. Um, don't do that. And then uh, I'm there day one for Moose Jaws. That's my confession. Oh, man. I, I really want him to make Moose Jaws. One People day. have told me, Diego, why do you want that one? And then I tell them the premise is Jaws but with a moose. And they're like, oh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't want that?
0: <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Complete the uh what is it? The Great White North trilogy. I think.
1: He's yeah, it. come on. That's that's the one he should open with. Yeah, come on, guys. Yeah. Let's get out there. A twenty four. You got money? Mm-hmm. Netflix. If you're out there, you're listening, and I know you are. Oh, not anymore. You cut that division. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Whoops.
0: Um, he should make that one. That's what I want more than anything from him. I'd be into that for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're, Diego, where can people find you on the internet? Uh,
1: You could find me at the Diego Crespo on Twitter. Uh, You can find me also on Instagram. I post pictures on both the platforms. Uh, Diego Crespo Grams on Instagram. And then also I have a podcast called The Waffle Press where I do uh, some bi-monthly hangouts. I talk to other guests with my co-host Gene about either recent releases or stuff they're working on. Uh, Get some other voices out there. And then I do a retrospective series uh, with my buddy Macaringo. We are currently wrapping up our failed blockbuster series. They may have failed critically at the box office, but they don't always fail in our hearts. Sometimes they do, but, you know, it's, it's still fun to talk about. And uh, I love getting more into film history. It's it's a good excuse for me to just, like, deep dive into, like, Robert Aldrich or something,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Well, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mumbles3K. And you can also find me on uh, this website, talk film Society com doing this show, and you can find me on my website, filmdamagepod.com, doing a show called Film Damage, where we talk about film projection, time travel, and Star Trek. All right, well, thanks a lot for uh, joining me today, Diego. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm thank sorry.
1: you so much for having me. No, I think, thank you so much for having me. It was great to talk to you again. Um, you also basically have, like, an open invitation to come on the Lawful Press and everyone to talk about more film projection stuff because like my, my buddy gene and i are like super nerds about like proper projection and like a, a lot of places maybe fuck it up and maybe that's why some people don't like going to the movie sometimes but whatever i'm saying you're you're welcome over anytime we can hey? figure it out off off mic of course
0: yeah let me know let me know i can do that no problem yeah i'd love to all right well, that's it for this week uh, or for this episode. I keep on saying that as we do two a week, but we will be back next time to talk about red state, another turning point in, in Kevin Smith's career. Uh, but until then, if you plan a podcast, let us know.